Good afternoon. It's uh, very nice to be back together. I was looking at my calendar of when we had our last service, and it was November 16th. You know, aside from we had, of course, the Advent services, but our regular, regularly scheduled Wednesday, 2 p.m., it's been two months and two months since we've had our first Timothy study. So we'll get back into that today following our service. Unfortunately, next Wednesday I won't be in town. (laughs) The district is having a a very short overnight conference for some of her pastors. So I'll be in Williamsport Wednesday evening and then back Thursday. So I'm sorry, mea culpa, we will not be gathering next Wednesday. God willing, we'll be meeting the following Wednesday though and pick back up with 1 Timothy. We will get through it, I promise. Our first reading for this afternoon is from the 33rd chapter of Ezekiel. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, speak to your people and say to them, If I bring the sword upon a land and the people of the land, take a man from among them and make him their watchman. And if he sees the sword coming upon the land and blows the trumpet and warns the people, Then if anyone who hears the sound of the trumpet does not take warning, and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself. But if he had taken warning, he would have saved his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet... So that the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any one of them. That person is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. So you, son of man, I have made a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, O wicked one, you shall surely die. You do not speak to warn the wicked to turn from his way. That wicked person shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, that person shall die in his iniquity, but you will have delivered your soul. And you, son of man, say to the house of Israel, Thus have you said, Surely our transgressions and our sins are upon us, and we rot away because of them. How then can we live? Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back. Turn back from your evil ways. For why will you die, O house of Israel? And you say, Son of man, say to your people, the righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him when he transgresses. And as for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall by it when he turns from his wickedness. And the righteous shall not be able to live by his righteousness when he sins. Though I say to the righteous that he shall surely live, yet if he trusts in his righteousness and does injustice, none of his righteous deeds shall be remembered. But in his injustice that he has done, he shall die. Again, though I say to the wicked, you shall surely die. 
Yet if he turns from his sin and does what is just and right, if the wicked restores the pledge, gives back what he has taken by robbery, and walks in the statutes of life, not doing injustice, he shall surely live, he shall not die. None of the sins that he has committed shall be remembered against him. He has done what is just and right, he shall surely live. Yet your people say, The way of the Lord is not just, when it is their own way that is not just. When the righteous turns from his righteousness and does injustice, he shall die for it. And when the wicked turns from his wickedness and does what is just and right, he shall live by this. Yet you say, the way of the Lord is not just. O house of Israel, I will judge each of you according to his ways. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from the third chapter of Romans. Then what advantage has the Jew, or what is the value of circumcision? Much in every way. To begin with, the Jews were entrusted with the oracles of God. What if some were unfaithful? Does their faithlessness nullify the faithfulness of God? By no means. Let God be true, though everyone were a liar. As it is written, that you may be justified in your words and prevail when you are judged. But if our unrighteousness serves to show the righteousness of God, what shall we say? That God is unrighteous to inflict wrath on us? I speak in a human way. By no means. For then how could God judge the world? But if through my lie God's truth abounds to his glory... Why am I still being condemned as a sinner? And why not do evil that good may come? As some people slanderously charge us with saying, their condemnation is just. What then? Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin. As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. And their paths are ruin and misery. In the way of peace they have not known. There's no fear of God before their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue our recitation of the catechism with the second petition. What is the second petition? Thy kingdom come. What does this mean? The kingdom of God certainly comes by itself without our prayer. But we pray in this petition that it may come to us also. How does God's kingdom come? God's kingdom comes when our heavenly Father gives us his Holy Spirit 
so that by his grace we believe his holy word and lead godly lives here in time and there in eternity. Grace, mercy, and peace to all of you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. I love going through our portions of the small catechism every week with all of you. It's something I, I look forward to. And the way it's set up, we basically get through the entire catechism in one year with one little piece every week. It's kind of fun to see that happen. And I feel like every year we keep coming back to this one, and I keep saying the same thing to all of you. We've hit one of my favorites. Now, granted, I have about three or four favorites, but this is one of my favorites. It's like one of my children. I have favorites. I won't tell you which, but I have favorites. (laughs) Just kidding. With a small catechism, this is one. God's kingdom. And I love it so much because I think it's so easy to get this confused, not just in our lives, but also in this world and in Christendom. Because many will will chase after God's kingdom and say it looks like this or smells like this. But we Lutherans have said, according to the scriptures, what it truly is. God's kingdom comes when our Heavenly Father gives us his Holy Spirit. So that by his grace we believe his holy word and lead godly lives right here in time and there in eternity. That's God's kingdom. It's not in a political party. It's not in a particular government. It's not in a singular country or some organization. It's not found in some individual unless you're talking about Jesus Christ. His kingdom comes when he spreads his word out in this world And by grace, by the Holy Spirit, by the work of the Spirit, people hear that word and they believe it. And as Jesus himself said, when they believe, they already have eternal life. It's a beautiful thing. It's a mysterious thing, this kingdom of God, because we can't see it with our eyes, right? I can't go through a shopping mall and look at all the people and say, oh, That person believes there's the kingdom of God. I can't see it. It's hidden. Because it happens here. It happens here, right? Wherever God's word is and people believe it, that's where Jesus Christ reigns. That's his kingdom. And that leads us to our Old Testament passage today. And I'm so glad we had this one. Because remember, God's kingdom comes... When that word of God is spread, when it's spoken rightly, when it's taught rightly. And to safeguard that, God gave his church not really a warning necessarily, but more so guidance that we as the church are to make sure happens. Namely, that that word of God in the scriptures is always taught rightly. This is what Ezekiel said from the word of the Lord. So you, son of man, I have made a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give the warning from me. If I say to the wicked, O wicked one, you shall surely die. And you do not speak to warn the wicked to turn from his way. That wicked person shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. 
But if you warn the wicked to turn from his way and he does not turn from his way, that person shall die in his iniquity, but you will have delivered your soul. God has given us his precious word. And that precious word must always be taught rightly and believed rightly. And that means that sometimes the watchmen that we have in our churches, maybe pastors or elders or even Sunday school teachers, must always teach God's word rightly, even if that were to offend And especially if we are to speak God's word to correct one another. And that might be a rebuke, right? If it's a commandment that's being broken. After all, when I took my ordination vows and when I came here to Zion and re-spoke my installation vows to you, I pledged to do this for you on your behalf. That's not always easy. Sometimes it's hard, but I'm convicted by the call that you have bestowed upon me to always do it. Whether I'm loved or hated doesn't matter. What matters is, as Ezekiel spoke, that God's word is always taught rightly, right? And I'm not alone. You called elders to oversee the teaching of this this congregation. And as I always tell the elders, their first and foremost job is to get rid of me if I ever don't do this. And I mean that. I mean that. And the same goes for our Sunday school teachers, right? They're involved with our young. And they're to always teach God's word rightly. Why? Because sometimes God gives a warning to us for us to... Leave behind our sins and our love of sinning and to have faith in Christ and to have our life in Christ be the most important thing for us. And that's why this passage from Ezekiel and also this passage that we had from our second petition of the Lord's Prayer is so important. It's so important because, yes, there are sometimes warnings that we must give even to one another. But even more so, what's more important, we must always ensure that the pureness of the gospel is being spoken to us. That before our eyes is always Jesus Christ, our Lord, who is the one and only one who's taken away all of our sins. And to him, our eyes are to turn and our hearts are to turn. To look for freedom and to have peace. So yes, we have to give warnings at times. But even more so, what's even more important for God's kingdom to come. We must hear about what God did to bring his kingdom. Through the death of our sins, through our Lord Jesus Christ's death. And through his resurrection from the dead. That ensures that we also have that wonderful promise. Of everlasting life. Not only with him. But all those who have died in the faith before us. That is our promise. That's ours. And that is the word that must always be preached. Whether it's law or whether it's gospel. May we as a church always speak it rightly. Not just from the pulpit. Not just from elders or Sunday school teachers. 
but all of us. That all of us might always speak law and gospel in our lives rightly. And by God's grace, always believe. And by believing, have eternal life. That's where God's kingdom comes. It comes through his word. And may he, through his gift of the Holy Spirit, always ensure that his word is being taught and believed rightly. Here and in all places. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.